Writing Easy, the podcast that takes the act of writing, which can sometimes be not easy, and tries to make it less not easy. I'm one of your hosts, Mary Mascari. And I'm your other host, Melissa Long. So we're going to start off this podcast by uh, saving a cat so that people have sympathy for us and want us to succeed. Yes? Yes! <laughs> save, <laughs> save all the cats. <laughs> save all the ca- all of the cats. Um, even the mean ones that uh, <laughs> poop in your shoes. Uh, no, so obviously, in my super witty way, I was referring to the very famous uh, screenwriting book, Save the Cat, which uh, gives a lot of... Um, I, I, when I first read it, I loved it because I felt like this is it. Is the they have unlocked the secrets of screenwriting and story. It's this is perfect. Um, the I, so the idea is that it's there's a I can't. Do you remember the author's name? Uh, it's Blake Snyder. Blake Snyder, sadly no longer with us, from what I understand. But he was the one who kind of analyzed the movies and kind of figured out that there really is a set structure to an American screenplay, like really set like he was like yep you can you can uh beat by beat see what happens here um and i've always wanted to like watch a movie with his book in my hand and kind of identify the beats um but uh, like it's down to like on this page this happens on this page this happens um which can sound sort of prescriptive and kind of uh limiting yeah a little formulaic <laughs> there's also a formula though i mean that that's the style of these films they tend to to do that you know i think about it like uh music and music there's like a a sonata form or like a sonnet right a sonnet has a specific Mm -hmm. format it doesn't mean you can't be creative within that format absolutely you can but that's the that's the form right right yeah you're the screenwriter (laughs) i know i think that's right i mean i think that any kind of formula whether you're talking about movies or or books or any kind of artistic uh endeavor it's a way for us, it, it usually represents a pattern that an audience is familiar with. So there's some level of comfort as a viewer, as a reader in understanding the arc of a story and having certain expectations that things should or should not happen. Um, and I think they arrive because they, they, they come about because people are like, oh, I don't know what to do. And they do these uh, sort of continuous linear plots that are just like the day-to-day that don't like we talked about scenes we talked about raising stakes that this is an attempt to codify how a plot works and why it works and sometimes this is really helpful for new writers or advanced writers when they're getting stuck on a script or a book now do you use this format um i kind of do I used it a lot when I first started and and that's because it was helpful. Mm -hmm. Like I needed something to ground myself in. Um, I like Save the Cat. Like it works really well for uh, novels or for screenplay, like for feature films, because it's got Mm -hmm. a beginning, middle and end. And it's getting you to that point by the descriptive beats. What I found when I adapted it to writing for, for novels was that, I sometimes moved the beats around a little bit. Sometimes my beats were really long and sometimes they were very small. And sometimes I added things in and that's the beauty of it. Um, But when I moved to TV, I was like, I can't use this at all. (laughs) This is not helpful. Um, And so it it just depends on like what you're trying to do. But I wanted to talk about this because they have a new book out, um, even though Blake Snyder is no longer alive. uh, The company that uh, controls all Mm -hmm. of his properties, released a new book, and it is 
Save the Cat rights for TV. <laughs> so it's, it's specifically yeah, addressing a lot of the concerns that I had about like trying to adopt this, ad- adapt this into uh, television writing. I haven't finished it. Yeah. So maybe we'll do another episode when I'm yeah. like done and have tested some of the stuff out. But I'm really excited. So it's got me thinking about the whole formula and structure and the, the pros and cons. Now, I, I'm always really tentative. I haven't had a lot of success with these sort of structures. These pre- pre- I, I love them because I really want, I love structure. I really want structure to my process. But I find, I have found for me, that whenever I try to use those for my, you know, when I'm in my stories, you know, whether it be Save the Cat or, you know, Hero's Journey or Heroine's Journey or whatever, I find I tend to make, I, I lose something. Something goes away. Like things happen because it's time for them to happen. And I, for me, I get really, really uh, tied up in them. It's very difficult for me to use those. And I wish I could. Are you, like, I guess my question or thought would be because I know that you're not an outliner or a plotter <laughs> that you like to write first and discover the story it's like do yeah. you have you tried to use it in the revision or like when you're doing the second or third draft versus the beginning actually no I have not and maybe that would be more useful for me because I always like I wanted to write this book I wanted to write it fast so I'm going to fill in the blanks and I'm going to go yeah and whatever happened was I would put stupid stuff in because I you know I, I and I've talked about this before where like time to think of this thing and I can't I have it has to come a, a, across more organically or like I just put in dumb ideas it's just it doesn't work but I do like what you're saying is I have a draft now because my drafts go all, all over the place just like do 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 like is anything happening but then to take that draft and then try to line it up against that structure and maybe see where you know, and not necessarily to cram it in to fit the structure, but just to kind of see, oh, here's why this might be happening. Here's this little, kind of like exactly what we were talking about with scenes uh, uh, last week. Was right. it last week, two weeks ago? I don't remember. It's all a blur. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, there's certain things that, I mean, so to back up and explain what the beat sheet is, yeah. it's basically, uh, let's see, there's 15 initial beats that he has laid out that are in most screenplays. And if you want, you can Google this, you can see samples of him applying it or other people applying it to different movies. So you can get a ton of examples of how this looks. But if you've already written a draft, I found it really helpful to go back and, you know, look at my outline and see if I was hitting all of those beats uh, and see what I was missing. And sometimes I was like, oh, you know what? I didn't do enough fun and games. This is why, you know, like I didn't do enough of this or my all is lost moment is super short and maybe it should actually be expanded. So it has more emotional impact or so it's, it's a good like tool, like checklist um, to go back and just problem solve. And you don't have to change everything or move whole scenes. If it's, if what you have on paper is working, but if you're getting feedback that something's missing or not working, that's a, again, another place you can start. Yeah, I think that's a really important point. I like that. I like what you your idea of of using it for the revision process and using it as a diagnostic tool and not as a bible. Yeah. Cuz that's a the thing that I again I get kind of hung up on is um it, it's it's kind of presented in reverse. It's like here's how this finished product fits in. Here's how this finished product fits in. 
And that seems kind of a backwards way of looking at it rather than, you know, because you're not coming at it from that direction. You're coming at it from the other direction. And for me, it was always kind of tricky that I like the idea of you do have it as, as a quote unquote finished product. It isn't. But yeah. Yeah. I would say that I when I first heard Save the Cat, I think it was probably some kind of, you know, module or workshop or, or something that I took. Mm-hmm. So I was getting somebody else's perspective on it and they hand out these worksheets and it was very much the like fill in the blanks this is what it is like here's how you plot for your novel and I went back and read the book and there's a couple of other books too um that I would recommend because the books don't aren't just about the beats there's so much more to screenwriting I think the focus especially for fiction writers is the beats because that's the most applicable to writing a novel, but there's a ton of other information in there about how to set up your hero or how to write a summary or a log line and really um, conceptualize your theme and, you know, the main question you're tackling in your story. And every story should have a problem or a question that your um, story is centered around. So I think it's actually really worthwhile. The second book I liked better than the first because it... um, the issue I had with the first and the way that the the beats are laid out is that the finale is like one beat, but it's basically like all of your act three. And I was like, well, what the heck am I supposed to be doing? And like, yeah, now, like 60, 90 pages, like I couldn't figure out how to do that. I kept getting stuck. And what I like about all the books is they kind of take that feedback that they get from readers and then they write another book to address like, okay, here's where we went yeah. wrong here's some solutions. So the second book is a lot of, let's talk about the finale and let's break that down in a different way and show some different examples of how you can do that. That's really great. Yeah. I'm always very, at first, when I first started out, I was always excited to find those things where it's like, sit down, fill in the blank. And now you've got your story. Cause they'll say that. I mean, they'll literally say, Oh, you sit down in the afternoon, you plot out your whole book done. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, that would be amazing. And and maybe for some people, that's how it works. But I really like what you're saying that it's okay. Let's let's go into that a little bit more because if it were that easy, everyone would do it. There's more to it than that. Um, so you know maybe you maybe you are one of those magical um, fairy touched people who can sit down with a piece of paper and a bunch of sticky notes and plot out your whole book over a day or a weekend or something like that. Um, I don't like you very much. <laughs> Nothing personal just kind of irritated with you but there's more to it than that so i'm glad to hear that this and this is when you say the second one you mean the tv one uh the second one is save the cat strikes back mm-hmm. and so there's three books there's four the other there's one is there's books. there's save, <laughs> there's four how many damn books are in this then <laughs> jesus they're not big but there's four books so, so there's save the cat the cat strikes back which has the all the stuff around the the climax finale act three stuff and then, um, and it does more problem solving. So like, again, mm-hmm. it's really helpful for if you've already written a draft and you're running into certain feedback, how to apply these uh, lessons to that revision process. And then mm-hmm. there's Save the Cat Goes to the Movies, which is a bunch of beat sheets and like a deep like case study type analysis, okay. um, applying their, their beats to different popular movies. And then this new one, which is TV. Cool. What's the difference now having, I know you've started, you haven't finished TV, but what, what things are you seeing that's different? Is it the same? Is there anything that's really radically 
you know, mind-blowingly different? Well, there's less beats, which I knew. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, You sense. can't do all 12 beats in every single episode, right? So you're thinking about beats over a season arc instead of, you know, mm-hmm. one contained story. And then you're also thinking about, like, which beats repeat every episode. So, like, they have identified, I think it looks like five or six specific beats that they're like, okay, every episode of TV should have this structure, but then it's right. going to um, obviously change because you're also working with that longer. You're telling two stories at the same time. You know, I think it's really important also to to understand how different uh, media, different formats of storytelling are different structurally because sometimes you get inspired by one thing and then you find it doesn't translate well to another. And, and I know I'm being kind of vague, but what I'm talking about, the thing, the example that came to my mind is I adore Avatar The Last Airbender. That's, that series, that show was incredible. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just brilliantly written, really good. It was a great balance of drama and comedy, super accessible, great characters. I just I love it, love it, love it. And so I'd sit down and go like, I want to write something like that. And it, you know, it was hard, right? Because you can't just translate it over. Yeah. So there so now what you're saying is making me think that there is some value even though I'm not writing television it might be very useful for me to understand how television stories are written so that when I am inspired by them I can I can understand you know I can I can look under the hood there and kind of find the parts I need and the parts that aren't relevant and apply them if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I mean Part of the reason why I got into to learning more about TV was because I was writing a big series and mm-hmm. I was really struggling with that. Again, the, not just wanting to do a trilogy and chop up one story into three pieces. I wanted mm-hmm. to think about like, well, how do people do these series that have 20 books in them and keep them interesting? And I wanted to see like, uh, also if I could do like sort of micro fiction or, or, you know, novellas mm-hmm. that were 40 or 50,000 words, but tell a longer story with the same characters in the same world. And so mm-hmm. I was like, well, that's what they do in TV. <laughs> like, So let's yeah. see how they do it in TV. I did not learn because books like this were not available. They were hard to find. Yeah. And, uh, and then I fell in love with television. Yeah. I, I, I have a friend who works in video games. Um, he, uh, he used to work for the studio Volition, who, if you're a gamer, you know mm-hmm. who they are. Um, uh, Saints Row is one of their biggest games. But anyway, apparently, and I, I don't remember if he came to their studio or if he heard secondhand, but uh, Guillermo del Toro mm. came to a video game because he's like, I want to learn how to tell stories in every medium. And he recognized that telling a story on film is different from telling a story on uh, on television, different from telling a story in a uh, novel and a short story and a different kinds of novels and different uh, and video games is another format of storytelling. And... Um, so I thought that was really interesting, and I think this is kind of what, we're, what I'm discovering here is to that there's value in understanding all kinds of storytelling structure and and the the workings of that, no matter what it is you're you're writing. Yeah, and I mean everybody has to. It, it's it's helpful because everybody starts at the beginning. Everybody still relearns, no matter yeah. how successful they are in a different medium. And I met with a, a showrunner a few weeks ago. And he is working on a, a, a TV show, but he's also like, I wanted to do a novel. So like, I'm taking these classes <laughs> to learn how to write a, like a novel and try like doing these exercises to get more familiar in a narrative format versus a script screenplay format. 
And I was like, wow, like, so people are learning and he was asking me questions. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's, it's, I, I say that as encouragement to folks, like, yeah. even if you're at the beginning, just know, like, a lot of really successful people, they, you know, they switch a medium and they go back to the beginning and they want to learn the basics. And sometimes these tools are really helpful to get you started. For me, because I'll tell you, I came into this going, all right, I hate, I hate Save the Cat. I hate all these, these formulas. They, they don't work for me, blah, blah, blah. But now what I'm seeing is this might be an opportunity for me to understand the, the guts of some other different formats and also these for revision. So that's very cool. Yeah. If nothing else, do some of the exercises. There are a ton of exercises in there. And it's like, play around with the exercises just to stretch your own creative muscle and get some practice. And it doesn't have to be your opus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, can, you know. I'm so bad with op- with exercises. I almost said I'm so bad with opus. No, I love opus. He's like one of my favorite characters in Bloom County. My, my husband one time at a con dressed up as opus. Uh, yeah, we love opus. No, no. Um exercise because i'm reading i'm like i'm in reading mode and they say okay stop and write like but yeah you know that's another good thing to do especially on days where the brain doesn't want to write yes i was looking for things like that because sometimes that happens where the brain's just like nah you didn't sleep enough last night you got things are happening juice isn't flowing pick out one of these books and go to one of the exercises that you skipped past when you read it before (laughs) yep see what that does for you well, yeah, you're going to have to report back when you finish the book. Um, tell us more about what you learned. I will. I'm going to apply it. I'm going to try and apply it real time. I'm writing two new pilots. So one of those I'll Excellent. probably try to use this approach and see if it's easier or if it just complicated everything. Yeah, I hope it's easier for your sake. <laughs> Me too. Great. One thing I want to, um, we're finishing up here. I just want to kind of remind everyone just to ask. Um, if you can do reviews for us on the podcast medium on which you listen, um, we always say Apple Podcasts because I think that's the big bomb, but there are others. And if you can leave a review, that is super, super helpful. Um, it helps us reach more people. Um, it helps us look legit because there are six trillion podcasts out there. And uh, some, of them, some of them are admittedly cooler than ours, um, but not all of them. So, you know, if you, if you have a chance, if you get a minute, Go and, and leave a review because that uh, that helps us, that helps everybody else, and it helps you because then you'll feel good about yourself. Yeah. Don't forget to tip your waiters. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but don't eat the veal. Eat, uh, have something, you know, something a little more healthy. Um, great. Well, we will finish up then and remind you that writing is hard. So take it easy. I'm Mary. And I'm Melissa. Bye. Bye. Bye.